Thank you very much. Good to see some of you back here. I was uh, out visiting today, and I was sharing with some folks that uh, I was going to preach on the devil, uh, but they're not here. I guess I scared those folks off, you know, knocking on the door. And uh, so that gives me the liberty to go in a different direction. Uh, since no one uh, showed up, that I knocked on the door. You know, I knocked on the door, and I said, if you come tonight, I'll preach uh, on First Peter 5.8. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, uh, walked about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, my friend, that is you. He's not seeking to just swallow you up, uh, you know, or cause you a little bit of trouble down here. Uh, he, his, he has not to just cause, he wants to swallow you up. See, he wants to swallow you up, leaving no trace you've been down here. And so I thought, but I got something that's going to be a blessing. <laughs> I've been working on this in this Romans chapter 6. <laughs> you folks, will, uh, pastors preaching, and probably this will be closer to pastors preaching. Uh, I usually don't do this because I get myself in trouble when I stop and start explaining words and how, because hey, there is no place to wiggle. That means you're just going to, I'm not doing that. You see what I'm saying? You got to, either you, so anyway, but anyway, Romans chapter 6, uh, we, know, we don't need to give the devil any credit. But anyway, when I start preaching about him, he don't like it anyhow. <laughs> Things uh, step up on my, every time I <laughs> start telling people about the devil, uh, uh, I got to be very careful because he don't like it when uh, uh, he uh, talking, you know, letting him know who he is and, and and his character and all that kind of stuff. He don't like it. And so, but we're going to go somewhere else. Do you have a besetting sin in your life? A besetting sin. It is a sin that the Spirit of God has been dealing with you ever since you were. You got saved at five. If you got saved at five, the Spirit of God began to work in your life. I got saved at 30, and God began to work in my life and say, don't do that. And, you know, I'm a big boy. <laughs> he forgave me the last time I sinned, and it was apparent he did nothing about my sin. <laughs> I said, Lord, you're not going to do nothing the next time I do it. Well, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And it, the sin you just can't seem to get the victory over. <laughs> Chocolate. No, I just admitted it. No. <laughs> well, just complaining. Um, uh, bitterness. Anger. You know, there are folks who have a real problem with anger, you know, and bitterness and, and gossip, you know, and that comes up. Okay, now I don't know what, what your sin is. I don't need to know. But if you think you get victory over that sin, anger, prayerlessness, lust, pride, covetousness, cheating, stealing, go on. Whatever the one the Spirit of God spoke in submission, submission, give me thing, you know what I'm saying? Okay, if you think you get that after you've been in church your whole life, you see what I'm saying? You've been in church 75 years, you're ready to die and go bow the knee before the king, and then uh, during that time period, you've been in church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, you've been faithfully reading the Word of God. Uh, you've been hiding God's Word in your heart. And you've earned brownie points with God. And then finally, after a long ordeal, God grants you deliverance from, from complaining, <laughs> gossip, anger. Then you don't understand the first thing about victory. You see... 
I'm here to share with you from the Word of God, God set you free the day you got saved. I was set free on November 22nd, 1987 at the age of 30. Sin shall not have dominion over you. I no longer have to be controlled by sin. I no longer have to be controlled by the old sin nature that I have. I can yield myself to the controlling power of the Holy Spirit of God living in me. And so this is what we're going to talk about. Isn't it going to be great? <laughs> You're going to learn a lot. This is, going to be, this is going to help you. Now, if your heart is open. You see, you've had the victory over complaining when you got saved 35 years ago. Now, you still may be complaining like a kindergartner. And God said it's inconsistent for you to call yourself one in mine 25 years later and complain like a kindergarten. He never intended us to live. Well, I just did not know. <laughs> well, now you will have no excuse. There could be something. Okay, at age, at age 30, I had never read a book before in my life. I could not even pronounce the word therefore at age 30. I had never, never read a book before in my life until God saved me. And then I, they, at 35 years old, they stick, they stick me in third grade English at 35 years old. Then they stuck me in speed reading. <laughs> I'm up to 138 words a minute. And then they gave me a comprehension test. Uh, I had no comprehension. There was no, it was not low enough. <laughs> the lowest on there was 35%. Mine was less than 35%. <laughs> Now, after that semester, after they teach, I said, you want me to think and read at the same time? I ain't never done that before. How you do all that? She says, just what you said. How you do all that? You ask questions. She says, I said, when you read, you read and ask questions at the same time? <laughs> you know what? It really works. <laughs> you should have known that. Well, no one taught me. See, I was on the streets at 14. I didn't understand that. Maybe you just did not know. Now tonight, <laughs> it's going to help you. When you recognize what I'm teaching you tonight, what the Bible is teaching you, when you recognize the fact, folks, you've already been set free. It's not until you recognize the fact. But when you recognize the fact you've already been set free, then you can begin to have victory. But if you don't recognize the fact you've been set free, did you know you've been set free ever since you got saved? You said, I didn't really know that. I <laughs> see. You're already learning. Okay. A long message. Takes 45 minutes if I don't go anywhere else. <laughs> but I'm going to try to hurry it up. Y'all ready? Romans 6. Okay. Watch Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul writes, God forbid. How shall we that are dead, we Christians that are dead to sin, live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. He said, man, what does all that mean? Well, I'm going to share with you exactly what all this is going to talk about. It's going to be so, so rich. It'll help you. And so, then he says, like, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, ye shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Why were you crucified with the Lord, with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed? We'll look at that. What does that mean? That henceforth we should not serve sin. You ought not be serving sin as a monarch. Folks, you ought to be serving Jesus Christ. You're going to serve someone, serve something. Who are you going to serve can't serve too. And we're trying to satisfy God and satisfy our flesh on an equal plane. And no wonder we have so many problems down here. Verse 7, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he, Jesus, liveth unto God. It's important you get that. Likewise, verse 11, likewise reckon, act as if what God says is true. Apply to account. We'll get that a little later too, but reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed in the sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Right? Never told you something that you could not do. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness in the sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Remember I said that was a decision? Maybe you've never made the decision to yield yourself to God. That could be that's certainly going to mess you up in your spiritual growth. <laughs> But anyway, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead to your members. Remember members. Does anybody remember what I said members? What did, what, uh, it's not like we a member of this church. It's members. It's important you get this body parts. That's your eyes. You can put eyes in there, put your feet in there, put your tongue in there. Yeah. So he said, uh, your members, your body parts, is instruments of unrighteousness unto God, or righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. You can clearly see from that portion of Scripture that God's promise to us as Christians is sin shall not have dominion over us. We no longer have to stay in sin. You no longer have to stay under the bondage of any sin as a Christian. If you do, you choose to do it because God says, I have set you free. That's a promise. Well, anyway, some people take God at His word. <laughs> Reckon, act as if what God said. God said it. I'm saved. You say, how do you know that? You see, you don't have a problem me saying I'm saved. <laughs> Why? Because you know it too. But I've been set free. You say, how do you know that? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> God said it. <laughs> we learning, right? Okay. This is the last night. I hope. I'm sure. Y'all have been here almost every night. I love you. Oh, no telling what God's going to do with you. Okay, where are you at? Hurry up. Okay. Okay. Just not enough time in a day. What shall we say then? Can uh, let's go verse fifteen. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of the sin under death or of obedience under righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were, folks, ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which is delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants 
of righteousness. <laughs> what does all that mean? Well, it's going to take a while. But anyway, I make this statement at the end. I think it's worth saying right now. Make yourself available to God only. Yield yourself unto God as those that alive to the dead. So make yourself, I've made a decision to make myself available to God only and to His righteousness. Because I've learned, the only, uh, for only then will you be able to obey what God tells you to do in the Word of God. You see how important that is? Giving yourself to God and to His righteousness, for only then would the Christian be able to do what God wants him to do. God wants you to do this. Go, go study to show thyself approved unto God. Don't all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking to put it. You know, let men all to pray. How do you accomplish all that? If you don't, this is this is. If you don't get this, no wonder God's people kind of flundering around and just kind of. Okay, let's get started. I believe that in the words of this text is the great secret, the great secret to living the victorious life in Jesus Christ. God intended you to live the victorious life in Christ. We'll notice three things, the statement of victory, the statement of victory, number two, the factual basis of victory, and then number three, the practical outworking of victory. Uh, Lord, please help me now just convey what needs to be said. I pray you'll open the hearts and the minds of the people, please. Oh, they, they, oh uh, I, I pray that they might just uh, comprehend, understand the spiritual truth, and then apply them what they learned today through obedience and uh, discover a Christian life they've never dreamed possible. Please, Lord, do something that we cannot do, I pray. Uh, notice number one, the statement of victory. Romans 6.1, Paul writes, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What was Paul saying? He's simply saying this. Why don't we just go on complaining? Why don't we just go on uh, sinning that grace may abound? Why don't we just go on? So what is Paul talking about? Paul is talking about sin here it is, sin as a ruling principle. The fundamental question that the Apostle Paul is posing here is not whether or not you are going to complain from time to time occasionally. You know, sin. I just use complain because we're all guilty. <laughs> I'm just trying to say complain. <laughs> okay. But whatever it is you can't seem to get the victory over. Maybe speeding. Can't even go to speed limit. You know what I'm saying? Can't even stop the stop sign. Whatever, you put it, you apply it to all areas of your life, just not just uh, Bible reading, devotions, prayer. Uh, okay, so the fundamental question, the fundamental question that the Apostle Paul is posing in here is not whether or not you are going to sin from time to time occasionally. <laughs> we can all say, yep, that's going to happen. We have no problem, okay? But he is talking about the believer's very relationship to the sin nature out of which acts of sin come. Now, it is very important that you understand what I just said. <laughs> it's almost, what did you hear? <laughs> well, let me say, it's, this is, at, this point, or at this point, it's in very important that you comprehend, understand what I've just said. If you do not understand what I've just said, the rest of Romans chapter 6, the rest of the tonight, it's going to be a total disaster to you. Take the word, I'll rephrase it, you take the word sin out and put in the words, the sin nature, and the whole thing will take on new meaning. 
Shall we as Christians continue under the dominion, under the controlling power, under the rule and reign of the sin nature? That's the question. Sent just to make the grace of God to abound. You see that? Shall we remain under dominion, control, and power, and rule, and reign of the old sin nature just to make the grace of God abound? That's the question. Notice the answer that Paul gave us in Romans chapter 6, verse 2. This is not nomanism. Romans 6, 2, which says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So what is Paul saying? He's simply saying this, perish the thought away with such foolishness. The Apostle Paul is making a clear reference to something that is inconceivable, got that inconceivable as being consistent with the Christian life, with the Christian walk. In other words, Paul said, hey, if, as a Christian, if you say yes, God forbid, but if you say yes to that question, shall we continue in sin? That is utterly inconsistent utterly inconceivable for a child of God to think like that. What is Paul saying? He's simply saying this, for a Christian to abide under the dominion, under the controlling power, under the rule and reign of his sin nature is totally inconsistent. You need to get a hold of that. God's people have such a low view of godliness and holiness that they have totally missed the boat. If you sin, that is not an acceptable activity. If you live dominated by your sin nature, folks, that is not acceptable. <laughs> now, I wish it were not true. Right? You can kind of... I wish it were not true, but it does happen. It is possible for a Christian, and I am a Christian, a born-again believer, to live dominated by his sin nature. <laughs> hey, I did that. Been doing that. I know what it is to be dominated by the old sin nature, the old flesh nature that I have. And sin presumptuously against God. Yes, sir. Man, I deliberately disobey. I have been there, done that. But I don't want his chastening hand no more. Man, you've been in, you got enough spankings after a while, you, you begin to wake up. <laughs> so I don't want it. How many, you're just going to keep doing it, keep, keep doing keep doing and doing and doing and doing it? God never intended, no, no, no. So, it is possible for a Christian to live dominated by his sin nature. It is possible for a Christian to live his life for, 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 a, for a period of time, for at least some period of time, dominated by his own carnal lust, uh, desires, and appetites. They're rampant. You don't have to go very far outside the church door. <laughs> you just look around. <laughs> you, do, you, do. you see what I'm saying? Live by their own carnal lust, desires, and appetites. But the reason I say it, they'll do that for a period of time, but God says, Hebrews 12, 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he what? He chasteneth. <laughs> I'm, praise. I'm old enough and the Lord say, Praise God for his chastening hand. <laughs> Hebrews 12.11 says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness. I am so God, so grateful and so uh, that I have responded uh, to His chastening hand. 
Man, praise the Lord that He loves me enough to say, Norman, stop it. <laughs> stop your complaining. You grieve me when you complain. Oh, go pick on Matt. <laughs> Amen. Hope he picks on you now. <laughs> praise the Lord. I hope he don't never quit picking on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he loves me so much. <laughs> He's a great. But he, okay, okay, stay on track. But you say. So, so you understand, I'm giving you some... It is possible a Christian to live down by sin nature, at least for some period of time. But God is going to do what is needed to do to break your rebellion. <laughs> okay, and you, some people go home early because of that. But anyway, but Paul says to do so is absolutely... You say to, to live that sort of life is absolutely inconsistent with being a child of the king. I wish you'd get a view of sin like that. I wish God's people in the 21st century would understand what the Bible view is. Not your view, not man, but what the Bible view is about sin. God says it is inconsistent for you to call yourself a Christian and live a selfish life. It is inconsistent for you to call yourself a Christian and live a lustful life. It is inconsistent for you to be a Christian and live a bitter life. Norm, it's inconsistent for you to be one of mine and live a godless life. <laughs> Those are totally inconsistent. Absolutely. Okay. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I go over this eight times. That's why it takes so long. Because some people hear it different than others. I've learned in that. Some people don't get it first go around. It takes another way. I'll explain it about eight different ways. And when you get it, May you just go, I got it! Okay? Still, it's as clear as mud right now, right? Well, you stay with me. One of them going to get you. <laughs> I like this. I know. One's going to get them. Okay. Um, uh, perish the thought away with such foolishness. How shall we that are dead to sin or dead to that dominating force continue therein? So what does that mean, dead to sin? It is simply saying this. By the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross... We are separated from the dominion and the controlling power of the sin nature. We have been set free. God has, by his own power, delivered us, set us free from the dominating power, the ruling power of the sin nature. My dear Christian friends, you might not know that. <laughs> you might not know this, but you are dead to sin you might not be practicing that. That may not be your normal experience throughout the day. But if you are truly saved, God says that once and for all, through the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross, you have been set free from the dominion, from the controlling power, from the rule and reign of the sin nature once and for all. Not from the presence of it. Now he's going to be crying out. In 45 minutes to an hour and a half, he'd be crying to go home. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm telling you what. By 10 o'clock, he'd be wishing he'd going home. <laughs> That's the old sin nature, the old flesh nature you have. Well, you have the power to turn him off. You did not know. I can see it. You didn't know you could do that, did you? You've had the power to turn it off the day you got saved. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this so cool? I thought everybody wanted to know. 
Uh, <laughs> I really did. I just, man, it just, man, it just, whew, it helped me so much. I couldn't wait to tell somebody else. <laughs> oh, get you in trouble doing that stuff. Oh, well. Remember, you've been set free from the dominion, the controlling power, but not from the presence of it. <laughs> hey, you'll grow up. Uh, but its power, you have been set from the, its power to rule and reign in your life. Folks, you have something brand new. You have a new nature. <laughs> you probably don't let him have his way very often, but he in there. <laughs> right? Okay. You have the very presence of the Holy Spirit of God living in you as a child of God. You've had Him ever since you got saved. You had all you're going to get. He's right there. Looking to, to have His way in your life. Live out His life in and through you. If you let Him. And you ought to be better at it than you were when you first got saved 27 years ago. That's what I'm saying. But what if you never knew? What if you've never been practicing and living and doing? You probably haven't even got started yet. But tonight, there's also a hope for the future. <laughs> Get this. Therefore, you have the power. You say you have a new nature, the very presence, the Holy Spirit of God living in you as a Christian. Therefore, you have the power. You've had the power. You've got the power to turn off the old sin nature that you have that you were born with. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Okay, under the power. Here it is. Now let me explain it to you. Under the power of the Holy Spirit of God, not your flesh. Flesh not going. Flesh wants doesn't want limitations. Flesh does not want denied. Flesh wants to rise up and be the boss, <laughs> right? Jesus wants to be the boss. Okay. Under the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you have the same power over the old sin nature that you ought to have over a bad TV program. For example, you sit home. Uh, you're sitting home today after church and something comes on TV and you say to yourself, okay, that's not fit for a Christian to watch. Uh, Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I'll sit no wicked thing before my eyes. But anyway, he's, whoa! Not sit for... Okay. <laughs> um, and so what you do is you get up and you turn the thing off. Right? Uh, you... I mean, can you imagine nudity, profanity, something come on, you're going to get up and turn it off, right? Okay, let me ask you something. Does it cease to exist? No, it exists out there somewhere in TV land. <laughs> but folks, it exists out there somewhere, but you have turned off what? You have turned off the reception. Put it together. <laughs> Your sin nature still exists. You ought to know that. <laughs> he usually, he wants an upgrade. He wants his own way. He doesn't, he doesn't want to go to bed at night. He wants to stay up. He wants to do overtime and all this other stuff. Okay. Your sin nature exists in you. It existed when you got up this morning. He probably wanted you to stay in bed just a little bit longer. It exists in you right now, and he'd be crying to go home. If I continue the way I'm preaching, it'd be midnight. He's going to be crying for you to go home. It will exist when you go to bed tonight. He do not want to go to bed, but he'll exist when you go to bed at night. And I'm telling you, he's going to be there in the morning, bright and early, but you have the power, you've had the power to turn that thing off ever since you got saved. Uh, you don't believe that, do you? Well, that's what the Bible says. 
God says you have the power to turn it off. Not its presence, but its power to rule. Not its power to exist, but its strength to dominate you as a Christian. Paul, besides that, it gets better. Uh, we're going to go again, about, like I said, eight times. Beside that, Paul says, not only have you been set free from this dominating power, but there has been placed into you the very nature of God himself. You have the Holy Spirit of God who indwells you, and Paul says, because of that, folks, you have been set free. Question, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul's response is, that's uh, nonsense. That's unthinkable. That is totally inconsistent. Oh, that God's people might have that attitude Tonight <laughs> and tomorrow night. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? So, how should you tell me the Bible says, How shall we that are dead to sin, dead to that non-mighty force, live any longer therein? Now, that's the statement of victory. Now, notice number two the factual basis of victory. This truth that you are dead to sin, the one that I've just shared with you, maybe for the first time. Or maybe the first time that someone's taken time to explain it in this manner, you see. But maybe this is this theological truth. Listen, this truth that you are dead to sin, the fact that you have been delivered, set free from sin's power, that theological truth is illustrated in your baptism. Romans chapter 6 is probably the clearest passage in the New Testament explaining baptism as we understand it. Baptism is the immersion of the believer in water. I believe that it is the only kind of baptism that is legitimate. Uh, there are those who believe sprinkling or pouring is baptism. I think that is totally inconsistent with scriptures. I hope you folks believe the same thing. Anyway, Romans chapter 6 says... Uh, in Romans chapter 6, Paul says, I want to tell you folks something. <laughs> Isn't it great? I want to tell you that this wonderful truth of being set free from sin's power is illustrated by baptism. <laughs> really? Yep. Baptism does not create the reality. Now, folks, if baptism creates the reality, then you believe in baptismal regeneration. That is, you believe... You got saved when you were baptized. No. <laughs> Baptism merely illustrates that which has already taken place. Okay? We're in the same book. Okay. Notice in verse 3 that in baptism, it's in the book, notice verse 3, in baptism you picture, you picture that you died with Jesus Christ. Some of you folks are going to think I'm out of the world. Out, uh, off the, uh, if you don't follow with me, you're going to think I've lost my mind. Verse 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now, folks, when you stand in the water, you are identifying yourself with the death of Jesus Christ. Yes or no? Amen. In verse 4, the Bible says, Therefore we are buried with him into death. Now, when the preacher takes you and places you under the waters... You are picturing that you not only died with Jesus Christ, but that you are also buried with Jesus Christ. We all agree with that, right? You were baptized, right? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Then he says, we also are identified with his resurrection. In verse 4, the Bible goes on to say that uh, like as Christ was raised up from the dead 
by the glory of the Father, even so we shall all also walk in newness of life. So, now here it is. Let's put it together now. When you stand in the waters, you are saying to everybody out there watching, they come to see you get baptized, right? Down at the river, down at the creek, whatever, the lake. Okay. Now they come to see you, uh, the, and, and you're standing in the waters, and you're saying to everybody out there watching, I died with Christ. My friend, you did. You died with Christ. When you're placed beneath the waters, you're telling now everybody out there watching on the shore that you were buried with Christ. By the way, you were. Now, folks, in the mind of God, when Jesus Christ died, you died. Now, it's going to be important. You keep You died with Christ. You died on that cross. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ was placed in Joseph's tomb, my friend, you were buried with him. You say, preacher, that's just religious talk. No, it is not. It's the truth. Now, folks, that is actually how it happened. When you come out of the waters, you are telling everybody out there on the shore that you were raised with Jesus Christ. We still come under the same book, right? Okay. Now put it together. <laughs> it's so okay. Hey, I got it. <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> uh, when you die with Christ, when you were buried with Christ, you, you die with Christ, you were buried with Christ, and you were raised with Christ. And folks, it is because you die with Christ, it is because you were buried with Christ, and it is because you were raised with Christ that you can say today, I am free, folks. I am free from the dominion, from the controlling power, from the rule and reign of my sin nature. You say, preacher, what does all that mean? We're going to go over it again. It basically means two things. First, it means the power of the sin nature has been broken. We do not serve sin. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, let's put it all together, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, why did you die with Christ? Why were you crucified with him? We talked about that. That, in order that the body of sin might be destroyed. Okay, what, what, okay, what is that talking about? The body talks about this body. You, you see, you put it together. Um, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might... Okay, the body. Okay, the body. What does that mean? Uh, it is talking about this body. A body dominated by sin. A, do, a body, a Christian, dominated by the old sin nature. You see that? Okay. For example, you often let your body tell you what to do. <laughs> now we're going to apply... <laughs> I'm not the only one, guys. Okay? Right? We often let our body tell us what to do. Okay. Okay. At least we... There's only going to be... It's going to help if you be honest. You see what I'm saying? We often let our body tell us what to do. You wake up Sunday morning and the body says, Now look, you were up late last night. You just skipped Sunday school. After all, you probably know just as much as he does. Or as they do. You have been saved a long time. By the way, you are spiritual. Uh, you do not need Sunday school. And you say to yourself, well, body, I am going to obey you. Yes. That is what Paul is talking about. The body says, I want to have this, and your body craves it. Yes, I will do it. That's the body of sin. That's the Christian dominated by sin, dominated by the old sin. Does it, you, 
Now, we can all relate to that. I, I have been a Christian long I mean, we, it didn't take me very long to figure out that was true. But we don't have to live that way. When I realized the fact you can turn him, that thing off, <laughs> kind of like dominoes. <laughs> Y'all ever played dominoes like that? You ever hit the first one, man, the rest of them go? <laughs> it's the man to get the first one. You get the first one. Okay, hurry it. Okay. <clears throat> So, what I'm talking about, everybody says, I want to have this, everybody crazy, desire, yes sir. So, Paul, Paul said that you died with Christ. Paul said you died with Christ. You say, I don't feel dead. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you died with Christ. You say, how do you know? <laughs> the Bible said you died. You see what I'm saying? We're taking God at His word. Now, it's, going to, it's important you remember that because we're going to come back to that. This is not, not everything that comes off across the TV, radios, and, and, and pulpits by preachers that thus saith, Lord, don't be so naive to think so. You need to get the book. That's why you study, you find, you get Bible and church, and you figure out what you, and then we do. We do. You know? So we've already, this is all putting together what we've already learned, right? And so you need to do that. So Paul said you die with Christ. He said, I don't feel that. Nothing to do with it. You die with Christ. And you say, how do you know? The Bible says you died with Christ so that the body of sin might be destroyed. <laughs> it's in the book. You see it right there? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Okay, annihilated, gone, and everything goes smoothly. <laughs> I don't know about you. No, we still got him. See, his presence, uh, the old sin nature wants to have his own way. You know, it has not been eradicated. It's not been destroyed. When you, we think of the word destroyed, we think of an airplane flying over its target, dropping this bomb on its target, hitting the target, and all you have left of the target is a crater in the earth. I mean, there's nothing left. The vehicle gone. Boom! You see, is that what you think? Destroyed. That's not the meaning of this word. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Uh, this word destroyed means not loss of being. Here it is, loss of well-being set free, put out of office, that is dethroned. Now, let's put all that together, what we've just now learned. Your sin nature still exists. Is he crying to go home yet? Remember, you can turn him off. Okay, <laughs> I do that when I get long-winded. I like that. You can't complain either. <laughs> Amen. Okay, your sin nature still exists. God says it doesn't wear a crown. It may climb upon the throne of your life by your permission, but it has no right, folks, it has no right to the throne in your life. Knowing this, okay, okay knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, knowing that while were you crucified with Christ, while were you, uh, you die with Christ, that in order that the body of sin a Christian dominated by the old sin nature might be destroyed, that is, dethroned, put out of office, that henceforth, <laughs> we should not serve sin. <laughs> well, you did it all. <laughs> you ought not be serving sin as a monarch. We ought to be serving the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, I'll illustrate it again. As a child of God, you pray, Dear Lord Jesus, deliver me from, put your word in there, I put gossiping tongue. You probably don't have no problem with that. Okay. I have news for you. You have already been delivered. You've been delivered ever since you got saved. You say, why am I not living like it? Driving like it? Shopping like it? Complaining? <laughs> Maybe you just did not know. 
It could be as simple as that. You know what I'm saying? You are delivered. You ought to say something like this. I am saved. We don't have a problem saying, are you saved? And you just say, oh, I'm saved. Well, what do you mean you saved? What does that mean? Well, you've got chapter and verse. Whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. Well, I am delivered. I am set free. You say, is that the power of positive thinking? <laughs> I thought somebody's going to go down that road. Well, no. That is just believing what the Bible says. So let me ask you something. Do you believe that? Now, folks, if you do not believe that, you can kick victory goodbye. If you think you get victory over pornography, alcohol, whatever. You, people are on so much stuff out there. It could be TV. <laughs> you know, you, got, you remember there's, uh, 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 you, uh, no, no man can serve two masters. <laughs> you know, you, uh, he says, Matthew says, no man can serve two masters. For either hate the one, love the other, hold the one side. You cannot serve God and mammon. <laughs> Had to go back and find him. Take mammon out, put your word in there. That's what we're talking about. See how all this relates together? Glory! That's for you folks that have been here in Sunday school. Okay, some of you missed out. Okay, okay, so you pray, Dear Lord Jesus, deliver me from a gossiping tongue. I have news for you. You've already been delivered. You've been delivered ever since you got saved. You say, Why am I not living like it, driving like it, stopping at it? Let's stop saying, Can you stop? Why am I not stopping like it? You're delivered. You ought to say something like this I'm delivered, I'm set free. Is that the power of positive thinking? No, that's just taking God at His word. So, if you do not believe that, you can kick victory goodbye. <laughs> You're never going to stop. <laughs> uh, if you think you get victory over stopping at a stop sign, victory over complaining, pornography, alcohol, if you work real hard, if you've done the best you can, if you've gone to enough services, if you memorize all the verses you can, and then finally, at last, after a long ordeal, God grants you deliverance from pornography, my friend, then you do not understand the first thing about victory. You see, folks, you have been delivered ever since you have been saved. Mine started almost 27 years ago. When did yours start? You've had the ability to turn that thing off for 20, how many years? How many times have you turned them off? Maybe you just did not know. This will have, so the sin nature is disengaged. I'm going to explain it again. You are no longer in bondage to sin. That's what the Bible teaches. It is like this. It is like pulling the plug. Do you have a vacuum cleaner at home? The thing works. I mean, you plug it in, the thing works. But you can go over there and unplug the plug, and you can flip that switch all you want to, and the vacuum cleaner is not going to come on, right? You've got to go over there and plug the thing back in for it to work. This is the cool part. When you died with Christ, my friend, when you were buried with Christ, when you were raised with Christ, God did something no other friend can do. On November 22, 1987, at the age of 30, God reached over and unplugged my plug, the old sin nature that I have, so that it cannot dominate me. Now, I can plug him back in, <laughs> and oftentimes I do it. That's <laughs> not, not a very good deal. I've learned not to plug him back in so much. <laughs> you know, sin, less, <laughs> complain, less complain. It's, okay, I got it. <laughs> okay, God reached over and unplugged your plug. The sin nature has been broken. 
See, it has now been broken. Now, an unsaved man don't got that. Unsaved man, he'll plugged in, man. He goes, going on there? But God did something for us as believers. He unplugged the plug so it can't. Old Sunday cannot dominate you. Now, you can walk over and plug the thing back in, and oftentimes you do it, but that is inconsistent. God says, go tell my people. That is inconsistent with your walk with me. By my side is my friend, is my companion. Inconsistent in your Christian life. You say, I'm still a sinner. You're looking for a place to wiggle. <laughs> I'm still a sinner, and you know that how sinners are. Uh, don't plug the thing back in. It's inconsistent. How shall we, you tell me, how shall we that are unplugged get plugged back in? The power of the sin nature has been broken. Furthermore, we are free from sin. Romans 6, 7, the Bible says, For he that is dead, maybe you've never experienced new birth. <laughs> he that is dead, he that is saved, he that is born again, is freed from sin. That's you. He that is dead, right? You, you got the same book I got, right? You see it right there, Romans chapter 6, verse 7? I put that down there. So you, Okay, he is set free from the sin nature. That's your position. You see, the power of the sin nature is broken. Secondly, here we go, the new nature has been implanted. Romans 6, 8. The Bible says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Now if we be dead, who's that? That's the believer. That's the born again. That's the one that received Christ as his personal Savior. Now if we be dead with Christ, we be saved. We believe that we shall also live with him. We're going to live with Jesus one day, right? You believe it. He's gone to prepare a place for us, and I go to prepare a place for you. I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where uh, I am there, you may be also. And so, what, so, see, you don't have a problem with that, do you? It makes sense, comprehend. Uh, and so that's, that's what he's saying. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. If we are, we are dead on one account, but, we are, uh, on, but on another account, we are alive. Now, that is what Paul meant in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I am crucified with Christ. Now, in that sense, you are dead sacrifice, folks. You are to be dead indeed under sin. You are to be dead indeed to living for yourself. But that verse goes on to say, but alive. That's the living part. That's just living sacrifice. But alive in the God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should abit in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness and the sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those of the life from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So, uh... You are set free because you are dead. He said, you are free because you are dead. You have been unplugged. Uh, that's the negative, but on the positive side, something else has been put in its place. The very power of the nature of God. You have been made alive into God. That is what happened to Jesus Christ. Now, let me, I know I'm kind of deep. Let me explain it to you again. Okay. Romans 6, 9 and 10. Notice what it says, Romans 6, 9 and 10. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, that is you, you have been raised from the dead, you die with Christ, you buried with Christ, you raised with Christ, raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died and the sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Okay, look this way. If I got up here and said Jesus Christ could die again, God's people would call that heresy. Somebody ought to say something. 
That's heresy. All right, for a Christian to enter into a relationship with the sin nature is practical heresy. Now, folks do it all the time, but it is still wrong. You can blame it on your wife. <laughs> if she were a better Christian, I'd be a great Christian. <laughs> Or you could blame it on the boss at work. If it is his fault, it is his fault, it is her fault that I am in such a backslidden condition. No, it is not her fault. (laughs) It's your fault. That's right. It is your fault that you're backslidden. It is your fault because you, my friend, are dead to sin. You have been unplugged and disengaged. Sin has been dethroned. And if you plug him back in, don't blame your wife for the guy you work with. You see what I'm saying? Don't. <laughs> I didn't think that would go over very well. Okay, God never... This is this, this next statement. God never intended a Christian to walk dominated by the sin nature. God never intended you as a Christian to walk dominated by the sin nature. You are dead. Not only you're dead, you are made alive in Christ. Now let's put it again one more time. I'm trying to put it together. This, 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 now everything I said, now I'm going to put it together again. Notice this. Just as death, don't miss it, just as death hath no more dominion over Christ, right? Death hath no more dominion over Christ. So also, folks, the sin nature is supposed to have no more dominion over you. <laughs> yeah. In that he died in a sense once, he liveth unto God. <laughs> Still not clear. Okay, got one more shot at it. <laughs> he, the practical outworking of victory. The practical outwork and the victory. There are three key words here. I hope you get them. The, fourth, uh, the word reckon, the word yield, and the word obey. <laughs> reckon is a bookkeeping term. Reckon, it means to apply to your account. It means to act as if what God says you have. That is the practical part. Maybe that's where you're messing up. You're not acting as if what God says is true. <laughs> We're taking God at His word. And so, the sin nature has been the throne. God said so. He unplugged your plug when you got saved. Whether you believe that or not, <laughs> maybe that's your problem. Your sin nature has been the throne. When you act like it, when the Christian acts likes it, that's reckoning. And until then, you're not reckoning. You're not applying. Okay. Brethren, you are free from the sin nature. You say that is boastful. No, it is not. It is no more boastful than to say, folks, I am saved. Because God says I am free, you need to go home and say, I am free, I am disengaged, and the sin nature has been the throne. I do not have to serve sin. That's a biblical truth, and when God's people reckon upon it, God's people act like what God says is true. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Okay. Romans six. Now we're going to hurry up. Turn him off. He's wanting to go home. Turn him off. Romans six eleven. 
The Bible says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed into sin, right? But alive in the God to Jesus Christ our Lord. Reckon, apply to your account that you are in fact set free from the sin nature and you are in fact alive unto God. Romans 6.12, this is a neat one. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body except on Friday. <laughs> when things don't go smoothly, when somebody cuts you off, <laughs> when you're shopping at Walmart and some in a long line. No, don't say that. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should have been lusted of. You can say to your flesh no. <laughs> kind of like telling your kids, say no to drugs. Well, mom, dad telling you something you cannot do? <laughs> you say, sure sounds kind of hard to do. <laughs> hey, turn the cell phone off, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you, you, you can't talk on the cell phone. Uh, Bluetooth, you can do it. But And you get in Chicago, you talk on your cell phone, hey, they, they might lock you up. But anyway, you'll find out. But just say no. You say, preacher, uh, I just cannot say no. That is a lie. And you believe the devil's lie. That you just cannot say no. Well, you don't know how hard it is. Now, brethren, brothers and sisters, I might not know how hard it is. Is that how I say it? Uh, I might not know how strong it is, but God said it. You know what God told me? God tells me, let not sin therefore reign. By the way, if you're one of his, he told you, let not sin therefore reign. God never told us something that we could not do. You need to start calling God through some point in your walk with the Master. You need to start calling God the truth and calling the flesh the liar. It is about time that God's people look at the Word of God and say that it is the truth and look at how they feel and say it is a lie. <laughs> yeah. I'm simply saying this, when God says, let not sin reign, that means you can let not sin reign. Are you preaching sinless perfection? No, I'm not preaching sinless perfection. As a Christian, you're making too many excuses for your flesh. You need to realize tonight that God never intended you to sin, period. You don't believe that, do you? That's why I got you a chapter and verse. You can look it up. Now you can't. Now you can argue. You can't argue with that, right? Right? That's God's word. That's what we faith and practice, and not we believe it. Biblical authority. Remember, the spiritual man comes under the authority of the word of God, places himself under the authority of the word of God. Okay, First John two one. <laughs> you know what? Said? You probably didn't even know it was in the book. 1 John 2, 1, John said, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. God says, I wrote this that you would not sin. 1 Samuel 15, 22, Samuel said to Saul, To obey is better than sacrifice. Folks, it's better to do right than getting forgiveness 
for complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining, 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 complaining. You don't have to complain. If you do, don't blame your wife. Just say, I've plugged him back in. <laughs> I'm guilty. I did it. And that help? Right? I'll still come back. Okay. He, glory. I did. It sure helped me. Okay. Romans 6.18. <laughs> Neither yield your members. Now we're going to talk about yield. We talk about reckon. Act as if what God says is true. But now yield. You members as instruments of unrighteousness and the sin. Neither yield your members. That is your body parts. Okay, let's focus on that a minute. The word yield means to put yourself at the disposal of another. Got that? Yield. Put yourself at the disposal of another. Paul, what was Paul saying? He's simply saying, Norm, so you've got to put your own name in there. It won't make so much sense to you, but when I put my name in there, Norm, stop putting your eyes at the disposal of your old son nature. <laughs> Forget that. I ain't doing that. Stop putting your tongue at the disposal of your sin nature. Stop putting your lead foot. <laughs> Stop putting your lead foot at the disposal of your sin nature. Stop it. Stop it, he said. Now, you might not be willing to live that sort of life. But it is available for every Christian on the planet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't yield. Don't put yourself at the disposal of sin. Don't say, sin, here's my hands, do what you want. Here's my mouth, do what you want. Don't, don't do that. Don't go with the crowd. Everybody's doing it, so it must be okay. <laughs> you know, everybody watch, you know, we watch profanity and nudity on TV and it doesn't affect me, so don't be, it must be okay. Don't do that. You say to the body, no, my body is not at the disposal of the sin nature that used to reign without check. Turn that thing off. It's not available. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Stop it, he said. But yield yourselves unto God. That's a decision. Yield your members unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members, now they become members of instruments of righteousness. Now let's put it together. Well, then let's go to obey. Okay. Uh... <laughs> That's probably a hard one to do, obey. Okay, then he said obey. Reckon is a practical term. Yield is a practical term. And obey is a practical term. In Romans 6.16, Paul writes, Know ye not that to whom ye yield put yourself at the disposal of your, uh, yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Now, folks, if you yield yourself to your sin nature, are you listening? If you choose to yield yourself to the old sin nature that you have you're born with, I'm sorry, you are a servant of sin. You are not a servant of righteousness. Don't that make sense? If you yield your mouth to gossip, you are a servant of sin. If you yield, uh, if your temper goes wild and you explode, don't blame that on your upbringing. You know, go back. If she were a better Christian, I'd be. No, don't, no, 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 no. Don't blame that on your upbringing. You ought to, uh, you say, I have yielded, I have done it, I have yielded to King's sin. You ought to confess it, treat it like sin, and forsake it. But if you will yield your temper to God, 
you are a servant of righteousness. If you will yield your tongue to God, you are a servant of righteousness. If you will yield your brain... Philippians 4, eight. what the things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely, what sort of things are good to be poor, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these kind of things. You are a servant of righteousness. You see how all that kind of... Uh, and I'm nowhere close to all to be. I'm in, I am so far back in the woods, but I have come a little bit further than I was 26 and a half years ago. It makes more sense to me now. See, I can't say, well, I don't know. God... <laughs> Too much is given, much is required. I just can't say, well, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, poof, I go back in this woodshed again. Don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the woodshed. Okay, bring it. Okay, here, okay, I'm done. The victorious life in Christ, this life is a simple life. You think, oh, there's so comp... No, no. It's a simple life. You know what it is? A matter of you choosing to yield your life <laughs> to the Holy Spirit of God living in you. Yeah. What if you never got started? But what if someone been yielding for 26 and a half years? Do you think there would be a difference between someone who never yielded and someone been trying to yield? Do any of you think there would be... I'm not, I, please don't. Take me like a nine-year-old. Please. I'm no, man, I'm, no, I'm telling you. I'm no core close, but I am trying to help you. You've got to start... The successful Christian life is you, sis, making one successful decision after another. You think that walking with God in a higher plane, done some of that, you're fooling yourself. I'm telling you, man, it's got to be a decision, determination, by God's grace, I'll do that, da, da, da. And then discipline yourself and depend on the Holy Spirit of God to accomplish this in your life as a Christian. Can you imagine what God might do with you, Caleb? <laughs> man, I got me a nice little case. I'll never forget that. <laughs> okay, but he might take that little man. And he might, I'm not telling what God might do with him. I wish, can I, I'm 57. If he can comprehend half of what I've said tonight, <laughs> he's going to be far better off than most Christians on planet Earth today. What you need to do, okay, listen. The victorious life is simple life. Matter you, just surrender. When you surrender, you say, well, I'll, I'll lose. No, you, you, you win by surrender. <laughs> you don't sound right. Can't help you there. <laughs> you are free today. You say, preacher, I'm enshackled by some sin. Before you can ever become loosed, you need to realize that you have already been set loose. You've been set free the day you got saved. And when a Christian recognizes the fact he is no longer uh, under the dominion of his own sin nature, when he recognizes the fact he is no longer staying in sin, then he can begin to live a victorious life over the old sin nature that he has, that he was born with, so that that Christian sin not presumptuously against the Lord. Remember, now keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I've been there, done that. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. And he was going to do what he... So you believe it, you're free. Listen, make yourself available to God only. Yield yourself to God. As those that are alive from the dead. And to his righteousness. For only then will you be able to obey God, what God tells you to do in the Word of God. That's why this, this message is so important, folks. Shall we continue in sin that so that grace will have the chance to be exposed? God forbid. What an unthinkable idea. 
how is it possible, Norm, that we who are dead with Christ, buried with Christ, raised with Christ, illustrated by our baptism, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? 